everyone, and welcome back to the show, A Balanced Life for You, where you design the life of your dreams. I'm your host, Rhonda Cimarelli, and I'm a certified transformational coach helping the mompreneurs double their income and balance their juggling act. Well, today on the show, I have a really special guest. I want to tell you just a little bit about her. She's inspirational. She's intuitive. Her voice has inspired millions of listeners worldwide to find their passion and honor their inner light. She's an artist and an energy healer. Would you please welcome Hillary Ramo to the show? Hillary. Hi, everybody. Hi, Rhonda. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for taking time out of your schedule and joining us today. Um, as you know, A Balanced Life for You is all about inspiring women all around the world to take a moment to um, affirm themselves and to find their dream life and their passion through stories such as yourself of other women who have done just that. And you have an amazing background, um, so many different experiences. And what I would love for you to do is um, take a moment and share a little bit about what you currently are doing and who are you helping. Oh, well, yeah. So at this point in my life, um, I am working as a photographer. I'm working as an artist. Um, I produce radio shows for people who have never done it before. I've created my own online radio network called Yin Radio TV. I've been a radio host for over 10 years. I uh, started in 2005. Um, so I'm, I'm currently helping on the creative end of getting people to express their voice and find their passion and package that into something that can be um, given to the public such as a radio show. And so I, I'm doing all of that. It's a lot of work. I'm also taking a lot of the things I've been working on in the past two or three years, packaging them up into different containers and getting them out into the world. So I, I know that's a kind of a vague, generalized answer to your question, but that's pretty much – and I raised two kids. My two kids – I have two children, um, 17 and 19, and so they're off getting ready to explore them, their own lives. And so my, my mom role has changed. And in, in all that, I've been doing all of this. Wow. You uh, have a lot on your plate. And what I would love to do today is let's just take apart what you just said, this vagueness, and let's get a little depth to it, if that's okay. Sure. When you talk about what you're doing right now, because you mentioned so many different areas, um, what is your, what's your favorite area to work on? The photography, well, you know, the radio show. <laughs> this is it. This is a good question, because when you're following your dreams and you're loving what you do, none of it ever seems like work. So when mm. I get up in the morning, I get up. You know, sometimes I get up at five a.m. Sometimes I get up a little bit later in the day, and I just, depending on where my energy's at, I will dive into different aspects of that work. So I work from home. And I have an office here. I have a functioning office here. And so I schedule it just like I would schedule a day if I were working in an office someplace else. I have a background in real estate and insurance. So I do come from a corporate type structure, but, but a, a structure that also had flexibility to it. So in real estate and insurance, I was in an office for insurance. Uh, I worked for a broker. So I had a nine to five job and I was sitting in a cubicle all day and I was doing that for three years or so. And then I got into real estate and that's a little more flexible. You're kind of your own entrepreneur type with, um, you know, you have to make your own schedule and do your own stuff. So I really learned early on in my life 
to create a kind of schedule no matter what you're doing. So being an entrepreneur, it's really important that you you honor your energy levels and you honor where your creativity is feeling the need to go into. So when I sit down for my day, I kind of feel it out, what needs to be done, you know, with the art stuff, I do shows and I, you know, I'm, I'm an active artist in the community. So there's deadlines and there's contracts and there's stuff of that sort to deal with. Um, I have an assistant who helps me with that, which is a great help. And uh, in order to really accomplish everything I need to do, I have to stay organized and I have to stay grounded and I have to balance that with, well, maybe I have a radio show to record and produce in a little while. So, you know, the timing for that, making sure everything is done, you know, I've been doing it for so long, it's really easy and natural for me and it's really not a very structured process and the people that work under my network know me for being very laid back and flexible, but also very professional and on time. So it it comes down to really just managing your time. It's all about time management. And I believe the best thing that prepared me for this was having kids. And we're going to get into what it's like to have those kids in just a few minutes. So what I, what I'm hearing is you have come from a corporate background with the structure. You did have that nine to five format for a while and as you transitioned into um, entrepreneurial life, uh, working from home, uh, some of the things I heard were really important for uh, the other listeners are to be able to create that space for a functioning home office. And you mentioned honoring your creativity and your energy for the day. Is that right? Yes. It's important. Very important. Very important. Yes. And to organize and to stay balanced. So, I'm going to guess, based on what you're saying, you don't, although you have a schedule, it's not necessarily dedicated, uh, a stringent schedule. For example, photography this day or your radio show specifically this day and this hour. You, it sounds like you are more of a, in a flow of, like you said, your energy and creativity for the day as to which one you can put the, the best effort into. Yeah, I have the luxury of doing that. Not everybody does, and I can appreciate that. Um, I didn't always have the luxury of doing that, but I do now at this point in my life. So, you know, if I wake up in the morning and I have a lot of energy and I I call it the writing space, I'm a writer too. I've written two books. I do articles. I'm a regular blogger. Um, And my office, by the way, can sometimes be the dining room table. (laughs) So it's like, it really does. It, it's not, I don't want to sound like I'm a stiff who works in, you know, works in my little office space all day because it, it's not really like that. And if it's, if it's, um, you know, when I look for photography, when I go on shoots, I go on live shoots, I go on nature walks and stuff of that sort. That's self care work for me because I love being outside. I love being in nature. I get some exercise doing it. So that to me is okay. Great. Now I get to go hike for a couple miles on a you know a Monday or a Saturday. It doesn't matter for me because I can choose, and I'll take my cameras with me and I get exercise and I take my dog and she gets exercise and we're all on the same page with getting that multi multitasking type thing done. But when I'm in my creative space and I'm taking pictures, it's a very natural thing. It's not like I have to go out and really put too much thought into it because wherever I end up going, I always find something that's worthy of a picture. And then how I produce that afterwards is more of a technical thing. So you come back, you come back to your office, your computer, you, you produce the photographs, you do what you do with them. And, and um, it's just like, 
another thing to do besides making dinner. It's, it's really becomes such an effortless thing when you're aligned with what you love to do that it's actually everything that you do, no matter what it is, is fun and creative. And it's not ever hard work. And the minute you find something dragging you down, um, I did have this happen to me at some point during my 10 years on the radio. It just was a lot of effort for me to get the show going and do everything. So I needed a break. So I took a short sabbatical of nine months and just kind of let myself go into my painting and my other work and let the radio stuff go for a little while. And when I went back into it, I was much better recharged and, and reamped because like anything, no matter what we do for, for a career, we have to make sure that we're balancing it with our energy systems. And that's, that's not something that you're taught in a corporate world. It's not something that you hear your parents talking about usually growing up. It's kind of something you have to figure out. So that was something I figured out early on, and I was really glad I did because it served me very well. Well, I, what I love about your energy is if I were a listener listening to this show, my first thought would be, oh, my gosh, She's got so much going on. And then as you're explaining it, it makes perfect sense. It doesn't matter how many different things that you're involved in. Um, the fact that you love what you do and everything about it, and that's what I'm hearing, is as long as you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work and you're passionate about it and you can create that flexibility. So thank you for sharing that. Um, <laughs> it's you, true. It's you true. <laughs> Well, I love it. You've already kind of answered several of my questions that I like. So you have mentioned uh, many different uh, areas that I normally already ask my guests, so thank you so much. And I would love to shift gears for a minute, and let's talk about being the mompreneur, the woman who works from home. You did mention that you have two children at home currently. Is that right? Yes. And how old are they again? Uh, 17 and 19, so they're later teenagers. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, the teenagers are fun. <laughs> Um, they can be. You know, <laughs> I had three teenagers all at one time. So, yes, some days it can be and some days it really is. <laughs> well, what I wanted to ask you was when you're, when you're mom working from home, it takes a little bit different mind shift or effort, if you will, to make yourself get up on those days that maybe you don't feel good or the kids didn't feel good. So would you share a little bit about how that works for you, how you make sure that you're able to still get up and take care of what you got to do and still focus on your business? Well, when they were young, it was coffee. (laughs) It was like like caffeine was my go-to, you know, home assistant. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's really interesting. It's an interesting question because when they were younger, it was more of a survival set in, than it was uh, anything else, really, because you don't have a choice. When you have a three-year-old, you know, standing at your bedside at six o'clock in the morning saying, I'm awake for the day, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you are up till midnight writing something or working or, you know, whatever, you just don't have any choice. You have to get out of bed. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a really interesting life skill to learn. Sometimes you just don't have a choice and you have to get out of bed. Um, and you have to do the things you need to do and you can use whatever tools or, you know, I used coffee, coffee. I was a coffee drinker for a long time. I don't drink it anymore. <laughs> I, I, I grew out of it. Um, but as my kids got older, uh, especially this age, it's, it's a different kind of parenting. 
It's more about letting them find their own way, but, you know, having parameters and boundaries, but they're a little bit different, obviously, because they're older. Um, my son, my oldest is off to college. My youngest is getting ready to graduate from high school next year. So he's figuring out his way of what he wants to study. And, and you become more of a support system when they get to be this age. I, I, I find it sad when I hear, you know, people talk about, well, I can't wait for my kid to get out of the house or, you know, hurry up, get out on your own. Or you see some kind of traumatic drama happen in a family where, you know, the, the teenagers end up leaving under, Sad circumstances, and I, I can honestly say I'm really happy and, and glad and, and proud in some ways that my family, my kids have have had such a good life. I've really tried to expose them to a lot of different things growing up. That was one of my big goals as a mom, was to expose two boys to a lot of different things. They both Montessori, um, they had a Montessori education, so that supported that. And on the outside, you know, we did everything from playing an instrument to riding horses to teaching them how to cook. And so I was very active in the Montessori community when my kids were there and it went up to eighth grade and then they went into high school. So we were lucky to have a school here that went into middle school as well. Um, I traveled with them and would take them on trips and expose them to different things and their father would too. And the rest of my family was very involved. So we've kind of maintained a unit of healthy, cohesive um, action. And we've kept that in place even as they've gotten older. So um, are they perfect? No. I don't think perfect is a goal, and I don't think it's a realistic expectation. Because no, nothing is perfect. It's just a matter of how you deal with everyday things. So my momhood at this point is a lot different than it was years ago, obviously. But my, my work has never changed, really, because I've been doing this since they were little. So they've grown up seeing me work at home. You know, Occasionally, I'll go out of the house and work a job when they were younger, to help pay the bills and so on and so forth because circumstances require different plans of action. Mm-hmm. And um, at this point in my life, it's, it's really quite fun because I'm really enjoying watching them figure out who they are and what they want to do and feeling like, you know, everything is possible, but yet, oh, so hard. <laughs> um, so I, it's fun you, watching them I'll go through the that. challenges. Yeah, it's fun watching them go through the challenges and, and problem solve on their own and not having to figure everything out for them. Um, like I said, it's like a step back in parenting, different boundaries, different parameters. And um, it gives me more free time to put into my stuff, which is great because um, my stuff is designed that as much energy as I have or want to put into it, it can just exponentially grow from there. Absolutely. So would would you say that you've had all these different um, agendas with work from home from the time your children were born, or did that happen shortly thereafter? Well, when 2005, I started my radio show, and that was a product of uh, kind of like a, a life shift, if you will. You know, I was going through a relationship change. I was dealing with a lot of things at that time health issues, and so it kind of all accumulated into being a crossroads point where I had to make a decision as to what I wanted to do. Um, So from that point forward, when I decided to go into radio, I really, I had no experience, I didn't have anybody to help me, I did it all myself, I, 
you know, online media is much different. I did terrestrial radio for a little while. I paid for my own airtime. I invested in myself. And the more that I invested into myself, the more I became important because I had invested into myself, you know. And um, I think I forget your original question, but I'm just kind of going with it. <laughs> well, you know, what, one of the, uh, usually when we talk about the mompreneur working from home, um, most of my guests, um, I, I like to know how long have you been working from home based on the ages of your children. So, for example, when I talk about myself being a mompreneur working from home, um, I've been doing that 25, well, 26, seven years now. I can count. And I can gauge that because I started my um, original in-home business the year before my third baby was born. So my children, for the most part, um, especially my last one, has always seen me be at home, working from home with an office, designing my own schedule. And that's really what I was wondering is your children are 17 and 19, and how long have you actually been, you know, the work from home, the mompreneur from home? And how long have they been watching you do that? Since 2005. Since 2000. Since my my youngest was five. Um, okay. I really started because, be, well, that's not true because, well, when they were babies, I was home. I was home. I didn't work when they, I didn't put my kids in daycare. I, when they went to school, actually, is when okay. I started. So they started, Montessori does two years of preschool. Mm-hmm. before they do kindergarten. So both of my okay. kids were in a school setting by the time they were three. So 2003, okay. I'd say. And then 2005, I really started to do the, the radio stuff more full time. And But then throughout those years, mm-hmm. I did have to go out and get a job at some point and work, you know, a, a more of a traditional job. Um, but I didn't usually stay at those jobs for very long because it was just kind of a temporary situation and then I wouldn't have to. And so it was a little bit of an influx until I was set enough financially where I didn't have to, if that makes sense. Okay. So I think a lot of women oh, can relate to that because in the beginning of starting your own business, you're not making six figures. You have right. to build yourself up to that until you are making where you want to be financially. And so there's no shame in the game to go out and get a job or to have a couple part-time jobs or to try to juggle all that. The, the, the question then becomes, do you have the energy for that? Do you have the health for that? And do you have the support system for that? So I, I fortunately did have the support system for that. So I was able to, um, you know, provide some kind of support income while I was beginning my career and trying to put that effort and finances into it. And that's how it worked for me. I love it. And that's really important. And I tell that to all my clients as well. It's who's your support system. Um, And you definitely have to have one of those. If I could ask you one more question in regards to when you started doing this transition, you talked about um, when they were, one of them was five and you started your radio show and you were at a crossroads. I'm wondering if this might go along with uh, my other question. Was there a specific point in time, a specific incident that led you into the path that you're currently doing? And if so, what was it? Yeah, I had a health issue. I I had had a very routine uh, gallbladder surgery in 2005, and I had developed very um, severe complications from that. My health at the time wasn't good. I was undiagnosed with blood sugar issues at the time. I was very sick and didn't realize it. So I had developed blood clots that had gone to my lungs. And they had put me in the ICU and basically told me I was a classic case, you know, textbook case of how bad it could possibly be. 
and uh, they didn't really think I was going to make it. I mean, I had I had a couple teams of doctors working on my case, and I had one walk in and just kind of looked at me and said, I would make sure all your I's are dotted and T's are crossed. They even said in a priest. <laughs> and I was <laughs> a priest, and I'm like, I looked at him, and I said, oh, no, you don't. Sorry, no offense to anybody. I just, and then my doctor comes in, and I said, listen, I have an event in 30 days at Ghost Ranch in New Mexico, and I have to fly. Am I going to be able to get on a plane? And they all just stared at me like I was the craziest woman in the hospital, and I, I just didn't care because inside I knew I wasn't going to not be around. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was pretty much the crossroads because what happened at that point was kind of made me realize that not only can we pull a kind of strength out from nowhere, it may seem, to survive things. And I did clearly, I survived. I'm still here talking to you. And I did get on that plane 30 years later. And I did go to a hospital there to get my blood work done because I promised. And I, I made all the accommodations to, to, to do this. But what happened, actually, this is interesting, Rhonda, when I got there, because of the location of Ghost Ranch, you're about 8,000, 7 to 8,000 miles above sea level. So, you know, my blood was actually thinned better at that elevation than it was uh, back home in New York. So I actually recovered faster with the medications and the blood thinners and stuff that I was on because I went. Mm. So it's kind of, you know, I always always took that crossroads as, well, I could be the victim and be stuck in my poor me and be, Mm -hmm. you know, be a, a health case. Okay, and just be, make it all about this and poor me. Or I can turn this around and make this into something that I really want to do. And so I, I got invited to come on a radio show for the first time ever after all of that had settled down and happened that year. And I really enjoyed doing it. And so I, and then the person I spoke to suggested that I try to do my own show or, you know, I should be doing my own show. So I said, oh, okay, had no idea what that involved, figured it all out took a really, you know, aggressive, proactive approach to it and gave it a shot. And I'll never forget, I booked some really big people for my first few shows. And I I even had Oprah Oprah Winfrey's uh, radio producer come on like my fifth show. And, you know, you have Harpo Land and you have Oprah and she's still on TV and everybody's Oprah crazy. And this is this is a big deal. And I've never been so nervous in my entire life talking to him. Um, I totally botched up the introduction because I was so nervous. And he, he kind of like took me under his wing after that and kind of did four or five more shows over the years with me. And yeah, never made it to Oprah Land, but then she retired. It just kind of seems to be what happens. I got into real estate when the when markets crashed. I get Oprah's producer when Oprah retires. So it's kind of like a thing. <laughs> However, what it taught me was not only is it worth your time to invest in yourself, it's worth your time to take care of yourself, and it's worth your time to approach these kinds of crossroads or challenges, whatever they may be, with an attitude that this is not going to kill you. I love it. It isn't going to kill you, and it's... uh... You know, some of the things that I took from your story were, and I can relate to several different parts, you know, being diagnosed with something or a challenge, and you, you have, you're at a moment right there where you can either, like you said, play the victim, oh, woe is me, now I have this problem, 
oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. Or you can say, I, dude, I got to get on a plane in 30 days. <laughs> this illness, this diagnosis is not in my plans. So we need to figure out how we're going to get through this because I have things to do. <laughs> well, that's what yeah, I, right. Exactly. And God might have another plan. God might have a different plan. And so if if it was, I came, I had to surrender to the fact that if this was my time, then so be it. And one of the, one of the hardest things that I had to do in the hospital was have my young kids come in to visit me Mm -hmm. and not know if I'd ever see them again. And I think once once you come to that kind of relief, and detachment. Now, I, as a mother, I don't, I can't think of anything harder to let go of really than your children. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the strongest bond when you get down to, you know, facing a life-threatening situation. You quickly shed the things that don't really matter. Your priority list changes very fast. And right. so when you have your kids standing there and you, you have to know and, and mentally and, and emotionally process the fact that you may never see them again, that you might, you know, the doctors are telling you, you might go tonight and they're off to bed and they might not be back in the morning or you might not see them. Um, it, it really gives you a crash course very quickly into what matters in life. And I think once we really refine that, then work is no longer even work. It's just, well, this is what I'm doing while I'm here. Mm. And that's how I kind of reconciled all that. It becomes more of your mission or your purpose in life. And I couldn't agree with you more. You, you did mention one thing about um, your worth taking care of yourself. And this is something that I find, at least with the women that I work with as a coach, women have a hard time taking care of themselves without feeling guilty. And what I would love to know from a woman that works from home and she has so many different things that she does, how do you take care of yourself to refill your cup? Well, that's a, that's a really good point, and it's very true. And it, I wasn't always this passionate about taking care of myself. I mean, clearly what happens when you have health issues is you very quickly realize what I, what I explained before. So when you come out of that, you kind of look around at your life, you change things, you change your lifestyle, you change those habits that, that start to get reorganized and, and revamped. And um, I don't know, it's kind of, it's kind of become, a self-care has become one of my top priorities because without it, you really don't have anything. I mean, and if you feel guilty... Ways to self, don't mean to interrupt, but what are some of your favorite ways to take care of yourself personally? What do you do? Well, right now, I mean, at this point in my life, I, I spend a lot of time outside in nature. I go hiking a lot. I travel um, to take care of myself every day is getting up and doing just your basic, you know, hygiene routine. You, you get up, you make sure you're eating healthy food. You make sure you have clean water. You make sure you, whatever that beauty care routine is for you, it, it's worth it because it's just something. I mean, there's some days when you can't get out of bed and it's an effort to do everything, but that one little thing like brushing your teeth or cleaning your face or washing your mm-hmm. hair or blow drying can be enough. It's just a little thing that might make a difference to, to just kind of help you get back to center. Or self-care can be as elaborate as a day at the spa or having girlfriends over or taking your partner out for a special, a special treat or something. I mean, self-care really depends on what you need in the moment. And sometimes what, you know, what I need in the moment might not always be what other people need in the moment. So I, I really suggest people 
tend to themselves first because you're no good to anybody else unless you're taking care of yourself. And if you're not taking care of yourself, then you can't do a very good job, and then you're martyring yourself. So for a mom, it's really hard because when you have kids, they're really, they are the priority. They're what you, 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 you know, schedule your whole day around. They're, they're the influx of change. It's the very definition of it. So when you do that, you have to find those little eddies of time for yourself. And you have to, if you can't, you have to make them. And what you teach your kids as a result is that, you know, you matter. And it's not about giving away your energy and your time and your efforts to everybody else. Well, you're depressed and suffering. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. I think it's really worth, you know, figuring out what self-care means to a person, what that makes you, how something makes you feel strong, empowered, uh, renewed, healthy, loved, and you got to figure out what that is. For me, it's creating artwork. It's being outside in nature. It's spending time with my family. It's being around my friends and loved ones. It's that's mm-hmm. all time for me that makes me feel better. Brushing my teeth in the morning makes me feel good <laughs> because it makes it's that one little it's that one little effort. You're making my tea. I have a little tea around my tea, right? I make my tea. You have to find balance between the ordinary and the extraordinary, or you're screwed. Yeah, that's great. Ordinary, extraordinary, or you're screwed. Well, as we wrap our time up, Hillary, um, do you have any tips for mompreneurs on how to balance their business, self-care, and children? Do you have any one tip? Patience. Patience. (laughs) I mean, really, you have to have patience. You you can't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. Mm. Um, You have to just go slow. You have to seek friends that have done it themselves that are willing to be mentors, that are willing to give you positive and realistic feedback. You don't just want yesers who smile in your face and tell you everything you do is great because not everything we do is great. Mm-hmm. And there are some things that need to have that constructive criticism in order to grow. I, you, you should seek people out that, that do, are more successful than you so that you can, uh, you know, study their work habits and how they do things. And, but not in a way to copy them, but in a way to kind of look up to them as a, as a mentor or as a, as a role model. So I think that's where you start. You have to kind of start at the basics. I'm going to have patience. Don't compare your beginning to somebody else's middle. Seek out friends who are positive and honest. That, um, yeah. that feedback that is so necessary um, in different parts of our life. Thank you. Um, One of the other things I want to just kind of end with is some of my guests have either worked with a favorite quote uh, that they've applied to their life or they have some favorite resources. Do you have any? Well, I do, and I just had it on my screen, so give me one second to find it back here. Sorry. Um, I do have one that I've actually liked for a long time. I'd like to read this. Sure. It's a from the it's a quotation from the Scottish Himalayan expedition by W. H. Murray in 1951. He says, "Until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth: the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans." That the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things begin to occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. 
a whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no man could have dreamt would have come his way. I have learned a deep respect for this truth. Wow. <laughs> so that's, I, I've heard that before, and um, I don't know that I've heard it in its entirety, just little bits and pieces. Is there a way that you apply this into your daily, weekly, or monthly life? Yeah, I, I read it and I go for it. It makes me want to go for it. It makes me believe in myself. I mean, I, I fail. I have failed just as much as I've succeeded. And how we fail is is very telling as to a lot of things about us. And I think there's a grace that's found in this quote that it encourages you to make a decision and to go for it, to jump and leap and trust, even if there's no net down there to catch you. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I find myself on the edge of something like an idea or a new plan or a new project or a new something or even a new facet or a new path, I think of this quote and I say, you know what, I have to make the decision to do it. I can't ho-hum and go back and forth between it and say, maybe, let me feel it out. Oh, I'm a little scared. Eh. I have to just do it and then trust that the universe will provide all of that stuff and it will all fall into place exactly how W.H. Murray says. It will. And that has been my truth. Every time I've taken that chance and done it and taken that risk, sometimes I fall and fell and scraped my knee. And sometimes I, my wings come out and I fly and it's very successful. So it's really a matter of being okay in both circumstances, not feeling bad, mm-hmm. not shaming yourself because you're not, you fail in something. And it's about picking up the pieces and going and keep trusting that the universe will just keep putting you where you need to be. Synchronicity and this quote have been my greatest cheerleaders. Well, thank you for sharing. And I know I've heard from Mary Kay Ash, too. One of the things I always heard her say was, fail forward to success. And we're really not failing unless we quit. And Thank you so much for sharing that. I realized one last question I wanted to ask you, and this I find is the question that many of my guests have said, wow, it's so real because she's so transparent. Looking into the future, I know you and I had this conversation. We're always a a work in progress. We're always working to be our best and unfold what we're supposed to be doing. So for you, is there one skill or one thing that you would like to change or improve that you feel would benefit you in having a more balanced life with your children, your business, and self-care? One thing, um, well, I don't know if I can really... One skill that I would like to improve to be my best. Well, I would like to improve my ability to be able to um, hire a staff mm. and be able to afford that and also manage that and be a leader in that and put together a fantastic team to do lots of great things in the world, which I've started to do. So I, mm-hmm. my skill, I'd like to improve the skill of uh, leadership. I, mm-hmm. Leadership is a skill that I really need to have in order to do what I'm doing. So I'm learning, I'm learning how to navigate that. I've always been a natural leader. I've always kind of, I'm an Aries, so it just kind of naturally fits me. But um, sometimes there's fallbacks to that too. So I think, I think at this point in my life, to answer your question 
the skill that I would want to work on most at this point is leadership. Leadership skills. Well, thank you. And I know that there are other women out there listening that will agree that that's something that they too are working on. So thank you for being honest with that. Um, so Hillary, I want to thank you so much for your time. I see that we're about to run over and I don't want to take any more of your time. Um, now, is there any information as far as how they could reach you if they want to know more about you? It will be uh, posted with your interview on the website, but is there anything you'd like to give out right quick for them to know about? Well, if anybody's interested in, in really starting a radio career, I, would, I have one opening for the spring left to work with a person. It's a radio mentorship program. It's a three-month program. And you get me to yourself for three months. I help you produce a show. We, we work really closely together. Um, I help you develop the talent to do that. And there's a lot of, a lot of great work done in that. Uh, people can contact me for that. I also do intuitive consultations, whether it's for a certain thing going on in your life or a, a project you're working on. I help, I've helped thousands and thousands of people over the last 15, 20 years. I've been doing this. And so people can call me and, pri- and schedule a private consultation through my website. And the radio mentoring program is on my website as well. And I also have a YouTube channel. So all the great radio work I've done and all the shows that I've helped produce are on my, my YouTube channel. So you can go to my website, HillaryRamo.com. And you can find all the projects, all the contact, everything you need. You can find my artwork for sale. Um, All that stuff is all in one great place. Well, thank you so much. And, again, thank you for your time. And, everyone, thanks for listening again today. Please rate this show with a five-star and tune in next week for our next guest.